everyone. Welcome to The Legal Life, episode 11. My name is Sam Schnauzke. They call me Schnauz. On the line is Nathan Brooks. We call him Brooksy. We love him. Brooksy, how are you doing today, sir? Good morning, Schnauz. I'm very well. It's Monday morning and I'm feeling pretty good. Had a late night working, but um, here we are on the sky talking about rugby league. How have you been, Schnaz? Up to my armpits in rugby league, uh, working at Fox Sports. It's what we do here. We kind of like doing it too, I've got to say, but it's a chaotic first week as we'll get into really shortly. I've got to tell you, Brooksy, last night on Channel 10, I watched the O.J. Simpson uh, TV series, first episode, and I thought it was outstanding. Cuba Gooding Jr. was just amazing as OJ. And your man, David Schwimmer, has a very big role in it as his best friend. Ah, Schwimmer. I See, I rate David Schwimmer not so much as Ross Geller, but uh, I can see him really excelling in a role like that. So it's worth watching. I didn't get to see it. After one episode, I would say yes. I've got no idea what the series is going to pan out like, but I've, after one episode, it was... It was pretty good. Like it wasn't, it wasn't low brow at all. It was, it was a, a proper made for TV, you know, mini series, TV series, and I, I was thoroughly entertained for an hour. Uh, just even just with Cuba Gooding Jr. on his own, but there were a lot of other great uh, stars in it. So that's what's caught my eye on TV as of late. Nice. Well, I have been working over the weekend quite a bit, as you have, Schnaz, and I've been coming home to season four of House of Cards on Netflix. Spacey, oh, very good, very good. And also um, his wife in it, Claire Underwood, who's played by Robin Wright. Unbelievable. Okay. Very good acting performances. I think you have you started watching it before? I've seen the first season. I haven't gone on with it, but not for any other reason than I just haven't. It's worth watching. Keep that uh, under your belt once uh, OJ's done, mate. Now, it's been a week or so since we've done an episode of The League Life. I'm so glad we're back. It's been too long. It's been way too long. We had a few hiccups along the way. I guess an interesting decision-making we can put it down to, but um, unfortunately, a project that we were going to be involved in hasn't happened. And um, look, I, I just want to thank a couple of guys down in the Fox Sports Digital Department that helped us along the way, Ben Glover and Alex Brown. We couldn't unfortunately get it off, but yeah, look, those guys have been amazing schnoz and as you know, um, helped us along the way. But yeah, Benny's got a podcast uh, through the Fox Sports podcast um, called Market Watch. I suggest you guys give it a listen. It's pretty good. It'll keep you up to date with all player movements around the NRL um, on and off the field. So, yeah, give that a listen. We'll probably retweet it throughout the week uh, once it's up. Now, the good news is The League Life is back, and it's going to be back every week, maybe more than once a week. Who knows what's going to happen yeah. in the future. Brooksy, Rugby League is back. We're almost through round one. We're recording this on Monday morning, and wow, what a weekend it's been. Yeah, Schnaz, I got to sit down and watch a few. I attended one of the games at... It was an interesting week. Like I think there's some, been some really good performances, um, some disappointing performances from fans' perspective. But um, yeah, it all started obviously on Thursday night at Parramatta, Broncos 17, Eels 4. Did you get to sit down and watch that one, Shnaz? I certainly did and I chose to watch it on Fox Sports. A bit of bias there but I also wanted to, I see, I wanted to see how 
um, the company was going to present it. And I have to say that Thursday night in particular was outstanding, particularly the pregame show was really, really strong. Uh, I loved the intros and I think it really captured the emotion of the league season starting. Yeah, the commentary was great. I think it was a really, really good production and the same for Friday night as well. But we'll get into that maybe a little bit later, Brooksy. But uh, yeah. Brisbane, Brisbane Power, first half was a cracker, I thought. Yeah, it was pretty good. There were some good performances. I really, uh, over the course of the game and obviously in the first half, I really enjoyed watching Corey Oates and Anthony Milford. They combined very well with their back line. Um, Parramatta Eels, you know, they had Kieran Foran pull out late, but um, yeah, they, they didn't look too good once uh, Norman came off the field at halftime. Yeah, but he had a great first half, and I really yeah. liked the way they were attacking. A lot of offloads, and it wasn't exactly ad-lib football, but it was it was exciting. And I think they made a line break from their first set. It was, um, might have been Mao to Gordon on the yep. left, left edge. Yeah, it was too... Two offloads, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, and that, there's some good signs there. I mean, they lost, and in the end, it wasn't overly close. But it's not like they got flogged. And and Parramatta, there's a lot to work on there, particularly with some players coming back. It was a shame Foran wasn't there. It was all that hype and build up, and they pulled him out late in the uh, in the day. But uh, it was good to see a big crowd there, Brooksy. The vibe came through the TV. I yeah. thought pretty good. How about? Um, when they were panning towards the the players sitting on the sideline, that Kieran Foran look. Oh God! I thought that was, was going to be all over the internet. There was a couple of photos, but uh, yeah, it was just his eyes. I don't think he blinked the whole time he was on camera, Schnaz. And I think he was thinking about maybe if I could just um, be a late inclusion in the manly game tomorrow night, because he had shock behind him. Obviously, yeah. um, he was on the sidelines. Um, haven't Manly done a good dump and run there with those two so far this year? But well, anyway, uh, obviously, Foreign will be back soon, and and that's the exciting thing that I see for Eels fans. Uh, they did show some good signs. It's round one; they've got quite a few new players in the squad, and you know that's something to look forward to. You can't win. You can't. Twenty four and zero, particularly when you've got such a competitive league as the NRL is, and yeah, I think I think there's definitely positive signs. How important is a tackle count on the graphics? Just touching back to the um, the coverage. Unfortunately, Channel Nine had control of the graphics for um, all three of their games, and on Thursday night there was no tackle count. I can't believe something so simple can throw you out when you're watching a game. Yeah, you would think that with all that off season to get it right, they would have that little glitch fixed. But unfortunately, yeah. because they didn't have it working, it meant Fox Sports didn't have it working. I'm pretty sure Vossi let everyone know about it straight away, but. Um, yeah, it was a hark back to the olden days, should we say, of production. Yeah, yeah, you need to have those sort of little um, little things in your graphics package uh, these days. In 2016, there's just fans are so switched on with in terms of uh, in terms of how everything, how the game's being played, and it's an important thing. You want to see when a team's setting up to their last tackle. Like, for instance, it's good to see when you know if a halfback gets caught on the or five eighth gets caught on. A, fifth tackle you know that's something that you sort of want to see for example but yeah it hopefully channel nine sorts that out um for their games and also 
round one. We obviously see the debut of uh, players, but the bunker. Oh, Brooksy. Brooksy, Brooksy, Brooksy. I was so excited by the bunker. And I have to tell you, it did not let me down. It was brilliant. If it was if it was a super coach option, Schnaz, I reckon it would have got 120 points. They converted both of their tries. Um, yeah, it was it was excellent. And it's probably uh, you were probably reminiscing over it a debut by Stewie Mills as being the last best debut that we've seen in the NRL. I love the TV aspect of it. I love the fact that I can now sit in the bunker with these guys and be there while they almost yep. make this decision. And from a fan's point of view, in all seriousness, it's what we've desired for a long time. We want to know what the heck's going on when they go to make these calls. Yeah, exactly. So, all in all, the Broncos are quite quite impressive, weren't they? So, they've, they've parlayed their um, good form in the off-season in round one. Their 13-point win was, I think it was a good good reflection of the way the game was played by both teams. Uh, the second half was a bit, slowed the game down quite a bit, which will be interesting to see with these new interchange rules. But um, And as we've mentioned before with the Eels, they've got the Cowboys coming to Pertec in round two. So you know, if they can jag a win there, one and one is not a bad start. Um, but I guess if they're a chance there, it's going to have to, <laughs> they could be potentially without Foreign and Norman. Brooksy, on Friday night, you attended your first NRL 2016 match. Is this correct? Yes. I ticked off my first game in game two of the season, Bulldogs Manly at Brookvale Oval. I don't live too far from Brookie Oval, so it wasn't too much of a trek for me. I attended with a few mates. $32 for a GA ticket, general admission. But as a Dragons fan, it was great because I got a Manly flag and a Go Manly sign with my ticket. (laughs) (laughs) There was... An article out later in the oh, in the later part of the week talking about the ticket prices across the NRL, and that was the most expensive general admin ticket in the NRL. So it was good to see the fans get a little something something for their uh, trip uh, for their trip to Brookie. But unfortunately, oh, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Brooksy, tell me how this works. Is it when you go through admission and and through the gate that like an old lady hands you the flag, or what's the story? How do you get your flag? Yeah, so when you walk in, there was the seabirds were giving you the flag and the and the sign when you walked into the um, walked into the ground via the Ken Arthurson stand, and uh, I had an interesting situation where I bumped into a girl that I'd matched on Tinder quite some time ago who was working for the seabirds. <laughs> We can't reveal yeah, was, we can't reveal your Tinder profile uh, now because you're in a happy uh, relationship. Yes, it's it's deactivated unfortunately okay. um, for the ladies and guys out there. But unfortunately um, for you, yeah. of course. <laughs> yes, of now, course. Now what but, happened? How did you how did you deal with this? I dealt with it like any guy would in the situation. Uh, get nervous, not say anything, grab the flag, and walk away. <laughs> That's exactly how I would have done it, Rixie. So it was, um, it was quite. I was, I was a bit shocked, surprised. I went through a few emotions, but um, yeah, just I got my flag, got my sign, went to the hill, and I uh, got ready for the game. And it was, it was quite funny. I guess if um, you were there to see it all unfold, it, it would have been quite a funny experience. You, you mentioned the emotions of shocked. 
a little bit shocked and, and, and stung by the world that was. Is that how Trent Barrett was feeling? Gee, yeah, you you would think so. Manly did not look good throughout the game. It wasn't it wasn't just they didn't really have their moments at stages. It they were very disappointing. Like you look at some of the stats, they had twelve errors and only one line break, which was their try in the sixty fifth minute. Look, Schnaz, I got that flag. I was getting, I was I tried to be a Manly fan for one game. It was Trent <laughs> Barrett and X Steelers debut. I waved it three times. At kickoff at halftime and in the 65th minute. And at the 65th minute, it wasn't really worth waving at that stage. It was pretty much the Bulldogs had the two points in the bag ready to take back to Canterbury. But it was a performance that you, they can they can see that they don't really have that continuity in their squad just yet. And they had five new forwards, six new starters. It's just it's going to come over time. It might take a few weeks to get there, but yeah, it, the Bulldogs and not nothing not to take away from the Bulldogs' um, performance. They were quite good. Um, Moses and Bly was amazing. He was. He yeah, set up he three was. of their tries, and you, you you look at the forwards again. We touched on this in the previews. One of the best forward packs in the league, led by their props, James Graham and Tom and Aiden Tolman. How's these stats, Schnaz? I, I added them all up for both of them. 408 run meters, 76 tackles, zero missed tackles. That's exactly <laughs> what you're going to get from Probs. I'll tell you what else impressed me, Brooksy. Sam Cassiano's yeah. diet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know it what was he's all doing, but I'm going to go there, man. Maybe he got paleo. Maybe he did the paleo diet with um, the guy from My Kitchen Rules, you know, with his activated almonds. Like he looked – I think he's lost seven kilos or something, which, which I guess for him is – it's not necessarily that big a, big a loss, but he does look good. And I think that has been the plan for Desi in the offseason to get those big forwards down a few kilos. Obviously, with four less interchanges, they're not going to be able to come on and off as often um, throughout the match. But, yeah, I think it worked very well. Um, it was funny. Uh, I, I was thinking about this week how many fan groups would be like throwing in the towel in the season or mm. whatnot. I think I was consoling Manly fans on the hill about it the 50th minute of the game. Um, there was guys fire, trying to fire off tweets and Facebook messages and I would like grab their phone and go, it's only 50 minutes into a 26-round <laughs> season. Easy up. Don't say anything, you <laughs> you know, in this situation just yet. You've got to give it time. And, and I, even though they did play bad, I'd see – potential in Manly. I definitely see one they didn't have Brett Stewart there. I think he's he's an important part of the attack. Jake Travoyevich played well at fullback for um someone that, you know, hasn't really been in that position. To be in that round one at Brookie, you know, it, I think it's just gonna take time. There was so much hype over summer for these for this team and, yeah. and it just didn't live up to it and it probably is because of the fact they need to gel more and you know, you can train all summer, you can play trial matches, but it's the real competition games that you need to gel in. And it's going to take probably a month at least to, you know, how good Manly is, I think. Give it some time. You know, the Cowboys started off terrible last year and look what happened, you know. And this is, this is fans got to realise that as well. I thought the Dogs played really good on the edges. We had Josh Morris bring up his 100th try. In his yeah, good on career, him. he joins his brother and his dad in the 100 club. Um, yeah. Nice guys of rugby league, that's for sure. 
Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to discuss with you, Brooksy, was the time mm. of the match. We had like after eight o'clock kickoffs for both games. We had half times at nine o'clock, games finishing close to 10 o'clock. I think this is getting a bit out of hand. Yeah, it needs to be wrapped up under 10 o'clock. I noticed that on the um, Thursday night. I didn't mention it, but it, I think Fox Fox went off air at uh, 10.28, which is mm. like it's good to have that. And, you know, you're at home, that that's cool. But, yeah, like attending games, you want to be you want to be home by 11 o'clock, um, definitely on the Thursday night game. I mean, but, you, um, you have to remember For that, families at least, yeah, yeah. You have to remember there are a lot of kids who look up to these guys and love this game so much. We were those little kids once. You're going to have to have pretty lenient parents to let a kid who's seven or eight stay up until, you know, quarter past ten to watch a game on a school night. I, I, I don't know, man. It doesn't, doesn't yeah. sit well with me, to be honest. Yeah. And if they can wrangle that in a bit and, and obviously tighten up the kickoff times, which previous form suggests will not happen, but um, especially on your – on your Thursday and Friday night, um, then yeah, we might we might see an improvement there. But yeah, it, it I think the bunkers improved the stoppages. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Now Saturday we were down in Canberra. You and I, not personally, but the NRL was no, down no. in Canberra, and it yeah. was an interesting game to watch. A lot of points. Canberra won thirty to twenty two over Penrith. Uh, some pretty good attack from both teams, particularly in the opposition 20. Some defensive issues still, and it was hard to get a grip on what Penrith are going to be like this year. They had some injuries, and, they, and they're going through some injuries. The Raiders, though, yeah. look, they look pretty good. Yeah, they did, I, particularly their forward pack. And this, I think they were one of the more impressive forward packs so far this round. Um, Sean Fenson, Josh Papali, he had two tries this yeah. He's going to be, if he can add that to his game, um, obviously the super coach fans will be happy, but it's going to be great benefit to have all these attacking options um, for Ricky at Ricky Stewart's disposal, he I think Elliot Whitehead fit in really well. They had Soliola come off the bench and play some good minutes. Yeah. They're just they just got a good their forward pack's amazing, and I think it's going to be something that will lead them to some success this year. They've already got one home win. They only as we've mentioned, they've only had. Three. Three last year, so the third of the way there, yeah. which is good because, like we said, probably one or two more wins last year, and they do scrape in to the finals. It, like Penrith, bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation, but and as well with Canberra too. Like you do see some really bad play. You, you did see some really bad play from them um, on Saturday, but also some really enterprising play. You look at the Panthers' stats, Schnaz. Mm. I just had a quick look at their team stats. They lost by eight, and keep this in mind when I rattle off these stats. Mm. 30 missed tackles, 14 errors, and conceded 11 penalties. So they did give Canberra some options there. They let them get away with a few things in attack and obviously hand the ball over to them a lot. It's something you can't do, and obviously Canberra racked up 30 points. You're not going to win many games when you do that. But I guess a good sign for them was Trent Merrin. Yeah, he was really, really good and and pains me to say this brooksy but i loved watching him for the dragons and now i enjoy it more because he's not with the dragons he's at penrith yeah and he's just a great forward man for for such a big size man he 
gets through a lot of meters. And the thing I noticed most was he was really great in the middle, covering defense, stopping half breaks, and he's such a valuable asset to Penrith. He's he deserves the big money he's on. We did touch on him being a big loss for the Dragons, and um, I think he's just going to add that uh, extra solidarity into the forward pack. Like you could see that, you know, Cartwright does and Peachy are two enigmatic players. They like to um, offload the ball. They can offload the ball, you know, pretty much in any direction. I think Cartwright did a around the back offload some stage during the first half. Um, and that's and that's what you sort of need those players to fit in around it. Look, Trent Trent loves an offload too, but you're going to get a lot of good um, go forward with him. Also, Ring Campbell Gillard look good up front for them. Yeah. They, they do have a forward pack. It's just yeah. if they're going to concede thirty points a game, and and obviously the stats that I mentioned about their defense and discipline, um, you know they got to they got to tone those down. They're not going to be winning many games. Uh, Saturday evening, we had the West Tigers winning 34-26 over the Warriors, but yep. they were winning by a 1,000 at halftime, and they were scoring, the West Tigers, some amazing tries. They were so good to watch. I wish that my team, the Sharks, played that way. I seriously could watch that all day. They did what the Warriors should have probably done in that first half, and they came out and threw the ball around nicely. Like Mitchell Moses, oh. I, look, I've been a bit pessimistic with him as a as a player in recent times. Like I, I don't think he's um, deserved the hype that he's got. But look, all credit to him, he played very well, and I think Tigers fans should be, you know. It, excited to see him uh, play like that. His passing game was very good early on. He um, set up two tries in the match. As I said, he was doing things that probably Sean Johnson should have done early in the game. Aaron Woods looked really good. Uh, James Tedesco, he scored two tries. It's like, man, he's going to have a good season, and I think he's going to be up there in the Dallium votes come the end of the year. He, he looks amazing. He just yeah. he just puts himself in the right position. He's got that good turn of speed. You know, he can. You know, you saw in the last try, Schnaz, when he looked relatively covered by two Warriors players, but he just turned on the Jets yeah. the back end of the game, and and that could have been it. You know, there might have been some tired Warriors players there. You know, they'd, they'd obviously conceded a few points. They came back and then Teddy just went, you know what? It was like that Ford ad, remember the, uh, he's probably stuck in third. You know, he just like put it into fourth gear and just took off. It was an awesome try. And look, Tigers fans are probably uh, surprised by that result. It could be one of the teams to surprise this year on the back of that result. Well, even though I'm not much of a fan of what he does, they still have Robbie Farrow to come back and the very, very talented Luke Brooks. So, yep. you know, they can only get better. And I must say, uh, Andrew Voss, the Fox Sports commentator, was frothing at the mouth about the subject. The coaching saga, Jason Taylor v. Andrew McFadden. Both coaches at certain points of the game would have been a little bit worried about their job. If you're Ivan Cleary, for instance, you're watching that game and you're probably... Looking at, you know, you're like, okay, 
Looks like I'm going to get the Warriors job. Looks like I'm a good chance for that. And then the, t- and then the Tigers <laughs> give up the lead. And he's like, all right, change your plans. Okay, what have I got at the Tigers at my disposal? <laughs> you know, like he would have been flipping and flopping, you know, like Kramer with yeah. going commando, was it? In yeah. the Seinfeld episode. I'm out there, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> no, like he, he, was all, he would have been all over the place watching the game. I think, you know, like some of us, Schnaz, uh, Andrew McFadden, and we'll have his boss breathing down his neck um, mm. for round two. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, like like we mentioned in the first half, it was sort of a, a two different games really with the halves. Um, Sean Johnson, he ended up turning it on in the second half. He, he was involved in four of their five tries. Um, Sean Mannering played pretty well. You know, it was there was talk about him losing the captaincy last week. Uh, and he came up with a solid performance, 47 tackles and a try. He, well, I, th- I think there's still – I don't don't write the Warriors off just yet. No. Um, I think they've still got, a, still got a really good side, and it's just it's just a matter of getting some um, consistency. Well, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck wasn't really involved much in, the, in their attack uh, in the early stages of the game. I think he'll take a few games to get used to the Warriors' structure. He's been at the Roosters – you know, it's sort of a situation like Manly. You know, give them a few weeks to gel. They've got new, a new hooker, a new fullback. Well, <laughs> Brooksy, from there, we went north of the border. Ah. Disappointing start for the uh, mighty Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. They lost 20-14 to 14 to the Premiers, the Cowboys. Entertaining game, scrappy, a lot of errors in that heat, and it was with some wet weather as well. Uh, but it was a close game, and a close game is often a good game. The Sharks were disappointing in their discipline, I've got to tell you, Brooksy. A lot of penalties and drop ball, and especially in the first half, some really unnecessary play got them behind in the game. They started really well. Yep. Three repeat, repeat sets, forcing dropouts. Maloney was looking good. Townsend was looking good with the, with the boot. But then sort of the second second quarter of the game they just gave away too many penalties and it was very much a story like last year where discipline was getting in the way and the Cowboys took advantage and they, they looked pretty good they, they looked pretty good the scoreline didn't really um, represent the story in the first half I didn't think yeah it probably flattered you guys from what I saw yeah. um, and the funny thing was and I'm going to jump straight to it it was 14 or with to go and uh, Flano's 24 draw plan that we touched on with the trials was in play and as you mentioned to me earlier I think it was that day that the New South Wales Cup team had a draw I was like oh this is what is going on we're just making a joke of this he's actually going through it's a club policy what's going on and then one of our favorite players that we've talked about yes Ethan Lowe yes Scores the game-winning try, yeah. sets up their first try with a grubber, I think it was. Wasn't he an absolute beast? Yeah, he's still a young fella and, and he's already a premiership winner. And you've mentioned to me off-air that he's um, off contract very shortly. Yeah. And he's going to be a, a prize asset for someone. I can't see the Cowboys letting him go, but um, he was great. Their forwards were good as usual. Um, JT was quiet, but but effective. And the Cowboys, they just looked slightly slicker at this early part of the year. The Sharks were still gelling a little bit. Second half, they improved quite a lot. They gave it a good shot. 
but wasn't to be. Maloney went for a pretty early field goal around the 71st minute. I thought that was a bit premature, but um, I guess, you know, if it goes over and they win the game, I'm not saying that. One of the big talking points was uh, Paul Gallon's injury. Um, It looked like it was going to be a season-ending injury. Now we're hearing it's just going to be four to six weeks. The other disappointing thing, Brooksy, was my boy Valentine Holmes, i.e. the future, didn't see much ball. And on the other side yeah. of the wing, Fecky didn't get much ball. They played very much down the centre of the field. I'm hoping that this will change in the local derby coming up. Ooh, local derby, we're going to smash it. Yes. But yeah, I was actually disappointed with the Sharks uh, display. A lot of people online and forums and Facebook groups were actually proud and happy. I wasn't, you know. Go up there and win. Don't don't be brave. Yeah. Don't go close. Go up there and win the match. That's all I've got to say yeah. about that. Sunday, yes. what was going to be the game of the round, perhaps? The old derby fixture of South v. the Roosters. It turned An absolute into a, paddling. Oh, what a paddling. One-sided paddling. South's won 42-10. to 10. And I know the Roosters have been going through some off-field troubles, but holy Moses. Yeah, you thought they would have probably... Uh galvanized for this game being the uh big rivalry it has been in the whole uh, more than a century yeah. um eight different try scorers for the bunnies they were good and they were like i know the charity shield wasn't a very good game to watch in terms of flair and and um just as a rugby league game as a rugby league game as a whole mm. but it the the bunnies look good there in in stages and they've carried that on here. They played really well. They, as as we mentioned, the Roosters had a few players out. So too did Souths, and Cody Walker filled in well at five eight for Luke Keary. Sam Burgess came back and look, he's probably not exactly where he was when he left, but he's still he's still there thereabouts and yeah. they're still going to be a, a team to beat, I think. GI looked good. They put in a really good performance. Their d- discipline's still an issue. They gave up 11 penalties in the game. That last try that South scored, Heimel Hunt, was one of the softest tries. He just rolled out of three tackles. Yeah, I've got to say also, let's see um, the, the Greg Inglis try. Looked good to the naked eye, but you watch it on replay, and he yeah. went through two or three guys like they weren't even there, and he was basically walking. If you watch the replay, he walks through the defense. Yeah. And that can be down to a lot of things. It could be the heat. It could be the first game factor. It could be the fact they're missing a whole bunch of their stars, but you're out there playing an NRL game. You've got to make those tackles. Speaking of the heat, Brooksy, there was controversy yeah. amongst the fact that they got some drink breaks, but down in Canberra the day before, there were no drinks breaks. It sort of touches on what Mark Guy was saying about, you know, the Mitchell Pierce scenario that if it was Canberra, it would have been <laughs> yeah. different. And this was true. It was, Can- it, was, it was the Roosters and it was different. They got the drinks break, Canberra. I, be- I, believe, I believe that morning <laughs> Nick Politis was on his Yahoo weather app and he clicked it, and he thought it was going to be in the high 30s, and he rang up the NRL, and he said, look, I know that drinks breaks aren't really popular, but this is what we're doing today. They nodded their head in improvement, went, you got it, Nick, no worries. He would have only had to have gone down a few phone calls in his uh, iPhone there, uh, <laughs> old Nick. Like He's obviously been on the phone to him quite a bit this week. Nah, we're just kidding, Roosters fans. We're just, just rolling you up. We understand you've had a... 
we've, you've had a pretty pretty tough loss. Look, I think there again, like we touched on with other teams that didn't get the win in round one, there is some, you know, there's some good signs there. I, the big thing is, I think the forward pack needs to stand up a bit more. They they pretty much got rolled by the bunnies forward pack. There is there, I think there was a few players that were sort of you know, out of their element in round one, Mm -hmm. a few of the younger guys. And that will come with time. I think still people are predicting the Roosters to make the eight, even challenge for another minor premiership. I don't really see that happening, but I do see a team that can still perform. I don't hope Roosters fans aren't, you know, jumping off the bandwagon as such uh, after the round one. That's uh, that's uh, not how Roosters fans roll, Brooks, you know that. They'll, they'll bounce back this week against the Raiders and give it a good shake. They're a good team. they got a great coach, as yep. I've said numerous weeks before. And, you know, it's round one. Yeah. Okay, you don't want to lose by 32 points. You don't want to lose yep. at all, but it's round one, and we don't know what the heck's going on. I'm not yeah, I'm putting a line through anyone, to be honest. No, they've got. The, I think the goal for them is to probably, you know, they're not going to win every game. They're probably going to try and get out of this first. I think it's twelve games before they've got their first buy. Um, you know, six and six. You know, be around. You know, if they get if they win more than six games, bonus. But, but you know, try and still be in with a chance of making the finals. They get uh, Jared Warrior Hargraves back, Boyd quarter Mitchell Pierce they'll all be back all these guys that have been filling in over the past you know, over the past 12 weeks would have got some experience in the NRL you know we saw Latrell Mitchell debut he looks he looks pretty decent you know a couple of months under his belt he could be you know one of the one of the rookies of the year and that's what what Roosters fans have got to be thinking long term not the short term I have to give credit to Paul Carter and Kyle Turner in this game two players that have had issues for different reasons. They looked really good last night. Yep. And and Paul Carter, I think, was man of the match. And, you know, the South fans, I, I know across the board, have been um, a bit frustrated by a lot of the um, niggle, like the penalties and the errors that he that he does. But he looked very solid. Cole Turner, it's awesome to see him back. Yep. He was one of their leading um, meter eaters. Uh, sorry, I had to drop that in. I love the term. Um, and, and they both look good. So, you, you know, they're, they're going to get the, the twins back. They've got Luke Keary there to challenge for a halves spot. Uh, they did have a couple of injuries, which we'll touch on a bit later. But, yeah, Souths, they're looking all right. And they get the, get the first up win. Now, Brooksy, speaking of looking all right and first up wins, a team that's slowly becoming one of the league life's hmm, underdogs. Yeah, and we'll get to that reason why. Underdogs, it's our thing, man. Like, I went for the Illawarra Steelers. You, you obviously a Sharks fan. What, like, what we love to, to see. Um, between us, we don't have many premierships <laughs> with regards to that, but we like to see, and either do the Titans. They're yet to win one, or, or any well, Gold Coast franchise is uh, yet um, to win one. But With the likes of Ignatius Parsi and Nathan Davis, this could be their year. They won 30-12 to 12 <laughs> over Newcastle, a very inexperienced Newcastle, in, yeah. in seasonal conditions, shall we say. But Titans, they, were, they look good. Anthony Don was scoring amazing tries. They did really well. Neil Henry should be very proud of his troops. We're very proud of Ignatius Parsi and Nathan Davis, league life favourites. 
<laughs> yeah, they were really good. Uh, Davis is a beast, and he keeps getting bigger every time I see him. I, I shudder to think what he's going to look like in round twenty six because he seems as though he's putting on a, you know, five kilos and five centimeters every time I see him. I don't know if it was because I was watching via a feed during the preseason, but um, in HD, he's a beast. Um, Ignatius Parsi. Didn't he look good down that left edge? I think oh, if yeah. he keeps running, he's just going to keep running down that edge and he's going to rack up similar numbers to what he did on, um, when he did last night. 170, here's his numbers, Schnaz, 167 meters, four tackle bus, one try, and 77 super coach points oh, yeah. for 244,000. Get him in your team, please. Yeah. Only because I want to get that value up because I've already got him in round three, but. It was a good performance from the Titans. I think these are two teams that were probably earmarked as not making the finals this year. We probably thought the Knights would be, um, you know, when we did our preview, challenging for a top eight position. But from I was listening to Nathan Brown's um, post-match interview, and um, it sounds like he's going to keep blooding these young players. So mm. I don't know if the Knights are going to be in a position to challenge for the premiership this year. But if he's going to stick to it and that's the plan, then then good luck to them. I think they some of the some of the debutants look really good. And yeah. even someone yeah. like, you know, we mentioned um he's I think he's in his second full season, Tyler Randall. He made he made a career best fifty tackles in the night. I know they had to do a lot of defensive work, but you know, I, I think Knights fans, again, there's a bit of optimism, you know, and that's what round one is, you know, you're not going to win it, you're not going to win them all, but look, I think they've got to, they've got to find out who they want to keep for future seasons. It's it's a bit of a bit of a transition year. Definitely, and, definitely yeah. is, and, and last night they showed yeah. enough in glimpses to see that they're going to be competitive. I think particularly at home they're going to lift with that big Nervicastrian crowd behind them. And I really love it when a coach does blood new players, particularly a team like the Knights that they haven't been pushing for the eight every year for the last 10 years. They've been rarely there and yeah. they needed a big change. And if this is what the change is, then so be it. I mean, Brownie's got some experience. Uh, he's been there as a player. He's been in two, the two major comps as a coach and been successful. Yeah, I'd back him to at least over the next two or three years, which is a long time for the fans. But, you know, when you look back on that time in two or three years' time, you'd be like, oh, that, that they were transition years and it was worth it because these guys are now superstars. The disappointment, you were touching on the crowd situation there. I know the weather wasn't too good up in the Goldie, but it it, it teamed down in the second half. 8,313 fan schnoz. What do you yeah. think of that in terms of what's been going on um, in terms of a potential North Sydney Bears takeover? I think even if you just forget about that for a second, it's just not good enough. Yeah. And I'd say that for any team. I'd say that for my team that I support. It's not good enough. Round one, yes, the weather was difficult, but it's round one. You, you just you want to be jazzed. You want to be there and in your new jersey and this is the year, you know. And... Oh, I think they really need to improve on that. They need to be up around the thirteen or 14,000 mark to to get my tick of approval. As far as the Bears and that situation, look, it's realistic. If if the Titans don't perform, you'd think they're the next cow off the rank to sort of be adjusted to. And the Bears are there and they're, they're willing and, and, and waiting. So we'll see what happens with that one. But 
I was disappointed with the crowd. It, even just from a looks point of view, the stadium looks terrible when it's like that. Yeah, it does. And I think it fits 25,000 um, from memory. And I, I was trying to I was trying to support like the need that the Titans can coexist, you know, in the NRL as a separate entity, but it just it just seems to me that this would be the perfect fit having the Bears aligned with the Titans, um mm-hmm. aligned with the Gold Coast, sorry. Um and and to come out with just over 8,000 in round one, not even factoring in the weather, is is disappointing. You know, we saw some really good crowds throughout the round one, so for, uh, throughout round one so far. And, you know, this is something that, that really juts out, you know, as being a home opener and only attracting that many people. I think I think the, the media and the fan base up there have to be realistic. This could be an option, but look, I guess Florimo and the and the and the Bears Consortium, you know, looking at some of these um, icons, you know, the, the Titans are, are rolling with this year. You know, they're gonna they're getting they're possibly getting gonna get a team that has those similar sort of icons to what the old Bears had. You know, like get your, your Billy Moore sort of types, like Greg Bird. Greg Bird sort of resembles him <laughs> a little bit. You know, and I didn't even touch on this before. Shows Greg Bird had an awesome game. Yeah, he did. You know, there was talk about him getting um getting the captaincy taken from him, but he set up two tries. Ash Taylor played well. Yeah. How good's that going to when Kane Elgie um, comes back next year? I think yeah. That's going to be a good halves combination for the Bears. I mean the Titans. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 exciting. You can, Titans fans have got to get to the games. You've yeah. got an exciting team up there to watch. Yeah. Let's uh, let's see let's see them get double figures next next round. Yeah, crazy round of rugby league. One game to go, Brooksy. Um, <laughs> the the big one. The big one. The we game got, of the week. We got Cooper Cronk v St. George Illawarra. <laughs> now, quickly, nice way to quickly tell me your thoughts on that, my man. Let's let's get a win down there, guys. Come on, like I enjoy going down to Melbourne. I've been down there twice this year. I know they don't go down as often, and they haven't won since 1999. Mm. Thirteen straight losses in Melbourne. If they do get the win. No, oh, when the Saints go marching in at the end of the game. No. We need to sing Prince 1999 because they're going to be partying like it's 1999 down there. It's it's one of the longest hoodoos in the NRL. It so is. let's break it, boys. Can we cut, cut that, Schnaz, and just make that the Dragon's Den episode two? Um, well, it would be episode, a good little, um, probably episode. That was a good little spell, eh? It might be episode <laughs> nine by now, the Dragon's Den. Um <laughs> You're you're obviously excited to see your boy Cooper Cronk run around. Yeah, um, my boy Cooper Cronk. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Melbourne go. The coach has resigned. Cooper is yet to yeah. resign, but we think he probably will. Uh, we'll discuss it in depth on the next episode of the League Life. Brooksy, there was a big list of casualties from round one NRL 2016. Yeah, here we go. This is it. No particular order. Corey Norman neck, Michael Leisha ankle, Jordan Kahu thigh, 
Broken forearm for James Seguiaro, fractured eye socket for Adam Caesar, possible cheekbone as well, like Austin medial ligament, Paul Gallen, your boy, your other boy, knee, Ben Henry, poor Ben Henry, he might be out for the season with his dislocated knee, Adam Reynolds, broken jaw, John Sutton, pectoral tear, I think pectoral tear, GI hobbled off at halftime, Foran and Stewart with late withdrawal. What do you reckon about this, Shnaz? We just get rid of round one. You know, we're getting rid of the trials. We're getting rid of the nines. Let's get rid of round one and start maybe round two, round three. Or better yet, why don't we just start playing paper, scissors, rock? Can I gamble on that? Yeah. Oh, why not? Definitely. It's still still a still a tie, it's still a competition between two teams. So you're saying or we just- put off all competitive physical contact until. <laughs> The, the finals. Yeah, or Origin 1 or whatever, you know. Like maybe we can just, you know, someone can load up ET's Rugby League or ARL 96, mm. put all the teams in and simulate the season. <laughs> Look, it's a, it's a contact sport. It's going to happen and this is unfortunate. I understand people would rather see their players injured in the season than pre-season. But look, that's a... That's a that's a good emergency ward. I think Mike Baird might have some uh, some dealings to uh, with the hospitals if um, that was a, a normal emergency unit right there. But look, I, I think we've got to we've got to realise that this is a, a brutal sport on uh, the guys' bodies, and you know, I, I actually would like to see a bit of the season simulated, a la ET's rugby league. Yeah, one of two ways, Brooksy. How good would that be? <laughs> Now, we're going to wrap up with a new segment of The League Life, and it's called Sam's Man of the Episode. So I'm, take, I'm taking the lead here, Brooksy, and I'm giving you a, a big palm off, and I'm going to tell you that this episode's man... <laughs> the man of this... <laughs> Sam's man. It's your segment. Come on. <laughs> Sam's man of the episode is... Drum roll, please. Corey Oates from the Brisbane Broncos... Outstanding oh. effort. Honourable mentions well, to Mitchell Corey. Moses and also our man Ignatius Parsi. But I'm going to say Corey Oates was the man of this episode, even though he's pretty much a boy. And he was outstanding. I'm looking forward to watching him play all year. Brooksy, we've got to wrap this up. I'd love to talk to you all day, but I've got to go crunch the numbers. You, wait one second. But what do these players get are you so so does, is cooper cronk off the hook now are you going to start following uh these guys on um social media no, no, and around you'll, you'll just notice, their general life you'll notice the subject matter <laughs> is man but cooper cronk yes. is my boy oh my fair boy. enough sorry I, I got too excited in making a joke there yes <laughs> but Shnaz, Brooks, it's been good it's been my pleasure let's do this again really shortly Everyone listening, please spread this out to all your friends. You can follow us on Twitter. What's our Twitter handle, Brooksy? At League Life NRL. What about Instagram? At League Life NRL. What about Facebook? The League Life with Brooksy and Schnaz. Sounds good, <laughs> Brooksy. Thank you for uh, getting up at this hour to talk to my humble self. We will talk to you all very shortly. We've been Brooksy and Schnaz in the League Life. See you, see you later. Marcus, bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>